Let's Get Down to Business is a production of Money Honey Media. All advice discussed in this production is general in nature and should not be applied to your personal circumstances without first consulting the advice of a tax professional. Hi, I'm Jay McCauley and this is Let's Get Down to Business. Today I'm going to talk about the job maker hiring credit, which is probably the final piece at this stage of the stimulus money that is coming out of the government. Uh, and it started in October 2020. The idea of the job maker hiring credit is to provide jobs to people who were unemployed due to COVID-19. And it sort of also is meant to almost take over a little bit, potentially to provide a bit of stimulus now that JobKeeper is about to end. Uh, I'm not quite sure how that's actually meant to work because I don't think it's really going to be that relevant, but you will find that at the end of March, when the last of the JobKeeper is over, that there will be a, probably a bit of an influx in unemployment. I've already heard from a few people who work in industries that are a bit affected by COVID more so than other industries that there are people who are going to be laid off. There are also probably some businesses that have really just been hanging on. They may not have been that successful prior to COVID and they've been hanging on because they've got that stimulus money. So I would expect that we're about to hit a bit of a cliff at the end of this month when suddenly all that money dries up. So what is the job maker hiring credit and how does it apply to you? If you're an employee, this is when you might possibly be able to get some money from the government to supplement the pay that you're going to pay to a new employee. That employee has to have a particular character to them, and that means they have to have come from an unemployed situation. They have to have been on Job Seeker, which is not JobKeeper, or else they had to have been on a similar youth payment for unemployment, or they have to be on a parenting payment. The job that you create has to actually be a new job as well. So we're going to talk about all of these things and let you understand exactly what is in it for you. Uh, having dealt with a few, like I deal with a number of businesses, I don't know of anyone who's actually getting this job hiring credit because people have created new jobs and they have put staff on, but they haven't actually had staff who meet this criteria. I'm sure that that's there, there are businesses taking advantage of it. I'm not suggesting that, you know, my pool of businesses that I deal with are, you know, representative of the, of the whole of Australia, but there is a lot of detail in it. So make sure you're aware of it. And if you are putting someone on and you think you're going to get that, dot your eyes, cross your T's because you may not be as able to get it as you think. All right. So what is it? It started on the 7th of October, 2020, which was an announcement in the budget. And the budget, as you probably remember, was meant to be in May and it got pushed back to October due to COVID-19. So the program runs for a full year. So if you hire a new staff member between 7th of October, 2020 and the 6th of October, 2021, and they fit the criteria which we'll talk about in a second, you may be eligible for a job maker hiring credit, which is either going to be $100 a week or $200 a week. So if we do the mass, this is available for a full year after you've hired them. If we do the mass, if the person is at the $200 rate, which means they're between the ages of 16 and 29, you'll get $10,400 for it. And if they're under that, if they're over the age of 29 and under the age of 35, then you'll get a $5,200 subsidy for their wages so, so long as that person continues to work for you for the full year. 
you can't claim it while you're also claiming JobKeeper. So even though the program started in October, if you were on JobKeeper at the same time, uh, you would not be able to claim it until you finish getting JobKeeper. So just make sure you have that in mind. All right, so there's a couple of other criteria here that may prevent you from being able to get that. So first of all, you have to be a genuine business. You have to have an ABN and you have to have been registered and all that sort of stuff. You could also be a not-for-profit, but you have to be, you know, someone who is actually able to employ people. You can't just make this up. And you have to be up to date with your income tax and GST lodgements. Now, it does say for the past two years or the two years that this is happening. So in other words, they're just saying, if you're going to get this, you've got to be compliant. You also have to have... STP, single touch payroll, and everyone should be pretty close to having that now if they haven't already got it. But just a reminder that you have to have single touch payroll to be able to do this. Then once you've got those criteria all satisfied, as an employer, you probably are eligible for this job maker hiring credit. We then have to have a look at what the situation is from the employee point of view. But before we even look at that, we also have to create a new job. So it's not a case of employing someone to replace someone who's just left you or as everyone was worried about, you know, that someone would get laid off because they're over 35 and they're not subject to this and be replaced by someone who is under 35 so that the employer could get these benefits. So what we need to be careful of is that we are creating another headcount and they will be checking this through single touch payroll, which is why single touch payroll is so important because they will be looking at that to see that you have got another person on your payroll and also that your payroll figures have increased. So it's not just that you've got another person. You can't say, right, well, you're now part-time. So instead of earning 40, pay, paying for 38 hours a week, we're only going to pay you for 20 and we're going to put someone else on. It's both those criteria increased payroll headcount and increased payroll dollars. What they'll be doing for that is they're going to be looking at your base, what they call their baseline headcount. So the baseline headcount is what you had on the 30th of September, 2020. If you are then going into this for the first year, that's how it's going to be compared to. So anyone who takes on someone within that period of time, they're going to be looking at that period, like from the what you had on the 30th of September 2020, and they'll be comparing it to the number of employees you had on the last day of the job maker period. And we'll talk about what those periods are. And if you have satisfied that increase, then you'll get paid your job maker hiring credit. When we come to the second year, it'll be a comparison to the same time of the previous year, from what I can understand. They haven't actually given us too much details on the ATO website yet about how they'll make that comparison. But I think essentially what they'll be doing is by then, you'll have already put that person on and I want to make sure that you've maintained that person and not gone back to what you were prior to hiring that person in the first place. So what are the criteria for the person that you're putting on to make them eligible for you to be able to get this credit? So they have to be under the age of 35, over the age of 16 and under the age of 35. They have to have had at least one payment for a consecutive 28 days. So that's two fortnights of either job seeker, parenting payment or youth allowance, but it can't be youth allowance because they're a full-time student or an apprentice. So it's essentially a youth who is unemployed that we're talking about. And that 28 days or two fortnights of, of job seeker has to have been within the last 84 days or six fortnights prior to you starting to employ them. So we're talking about in the la- just prior to you employing them, they have to have been unemployed. And they have to have been getting that payment. Now, that is different to JobKeeper. So please don't get JobSeeker and JobKeeper confused. I really 
think that that's going to be a bit of an issue for some people. If we tick all those boxes, then we can register. So we have to go online and register for the job maker hiring credit. It's run through the ATO system, very similar to the way JobKeeper was done. And in fact, if you are doing reporting for your own JobKeeper, when you log into the ATO business portal, you'll probably see the job maker hiring credit page there, giving you the ability to register. You also need to be able to report through STP that you have like made that person eligible. And that's something that your payroll software should give you the option to do. So what are the periods? The periods are, which are really weird because like you would think they would just align with the, you know, BAS periods to make things easy, but no, no, we've got to be different here. So the period runs from the 7th of October to the 6th of January. That's our first period. Once we get to that end of that date, which we've already got to, if you had anyone employed in that period of time, we can start to make the claim from the 1st of February. We have until the 30th of April to make that claim. If you haven't made it by the 30th of April, you're going to miss out. You have until the 27th of April to have reported through STP, single touch payroll, that that person is eligible. So if you do have anyone that might have fitted that criteria that you've employed since the 7th of October, please get on on there and get that sorted out now. Uh, You have to get it done by the 30th of April or it's going to be too late. That's period one. Period two is the 7th of January to the 6th of April. Period three, 7th of April to the 6th of June. And period four is the 7th of July to the 6th of October. Then we have periods five, six, seven, and eight being those same dates, but in the following financial year, sorry, in the following year. So it's pretty clear cut that for you to get this, you have to have passed a number of tests. So it's not as easy as it sounds. Oh, you're going to get $200 a week. If you hire someone, you're still going to have to pay them first. You'll get paid that $200 in a four installments of payment. Uh, So you're not going to get it every week. And you need to make sure that you're compliant to be able to continue to get that. Is it going to work? Well, yeah, if it's someone, if you're in an industry where you can hire someone who has happens to have been in this situation, uh, great, take advantage of it. But when you think about it, a lot of the businesses that or professions that are actually suffering through COVID possibly aren't really in a position to create a new a new ent- a new headcount. Like that's not always the easiest thing. Those people may not be trained in the way that, you know, for the right industries that are able to create that. It'd be interesting to see what the numbers are and what the take-up is on this program. There's been a lot of criticism that it's not extended to people over the age of 35 because a lot of the unemployed people are actually older as well when you think about it. I know youth unemployment is a big deal, but so is older unemployment. And, you know, if someone who's been working for 30 years and then suddenly loses their job, they might find it really just as hard to get a new job as someone who is, you know, 18, 19, 20. In fact, ageism in employment is a big deal and it's something that's really quite sad. And, you know, when people are too young to get the age pension but have no alternative but to sort of just take a job seeker payment because they just can't find anything because people don't want to employ people who are over the age of 50, it's really not a great situation. So, yeah. Nice try, Mr. Morrison and Mr. Josh from (laughs) Frydenberg. But I'd be interested to see how much this actually impacts on unemployment or helps businesses to take on new people. I think there possibly could have been much better programs out there. If you are looking to do take someone on like this and you're a client of ours, please feel free to contact us and we can help you with it. Um, 
if you, you know, make sure you read all the dot I's and, sorry, read all the literature, dot your I's, cross your T's and, you know, definitely try and make the most of that payment if it's applicable. I hope you find that this is helpful and I look forward to speaking to you next week about some other topic that is interesting to us all. And I'd just like to thank our producer, Joel Eshman, for producing Money Honey um, podcast for us. Remind you that you can get this podcast on Spotify, Apple iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts and we'd love you to join our Facebook group, Money Honey Tradywags and have a great week. Thank you. Thank you.